This episode of News Dump is brought to you by Upstart and by Masterclass. I'm sure Ricky has made you aware by now, but we aren't doing a Tuggy Awards this year uh, for a number of reasons. First and foremost, Tugs was canceled to chunk a long, long time ago because it was a show about gaming where the line between satire and toxicity really started to get blurry the further <laughs> it went on. Yeah. Uh, but we kept the Tugs Awards around a bit longer to poke fun at the more uptight award shows out there while still being able to outlandishly critique the studios who kept overcharging and underdelivering on their products. Mm -hmm. Also, it was a surprising amount of effort to produce that thing at a time of year where we'd really like to just enjoy a break and be around our families. Something we haven't really been able to do a lot since we started on ETC nearly a decade ago. Yeah, usually we used to We used to cram a month's worth of work into two weeks and... For think, nothing. Yeah. For no reason. For no fucking reason. And uh, for 70% of that time, it was for a company that didn't give a shit about us. Yeah. So... Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's healthy. It's it's good to take breaks, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but finally, Tugs it used to be a show that lovingly yet ridiculously mocked the video game industry at large, an industry that has recently been shown to have some actual very, very serious, actual detrimental problems outside of just unfinished games and delayed releases. But we also understand that uh, some of you look forward to the Tuggies. Yeah. And if nothing else, we like to make you happy makes us happy when you're happy. So yeah. while it's not the same as before, we're still going to talk about just how bad things have gotten in the gaming industry. Oh, God. He's got the glasses. Gaming. Like every form of entertainment before it, it is a mirror of society. And along with some of the dumb ideas that it infiltrated the gaming space brought on by feverish fandom of a minor yet extremely outspoken group of very online people, we've also seen the gaming industry and once-beloved brands forced to answer for a question that's being asked more and more recently with increased urgency. That question being, what if we stopped treating workers like pieces of shit? From mm. endless shifts to crunch time to inconsistent gig work to sexual harassment to the weird feeling you get seeing a company post record profits into the millions if not billions of dollars, all while you and your coworkers are constantly at risk of being laid off for sometimes no reason at all. The gaming industry was always a hellscape. It's just that people are finally going public with their stories of what it's actually like when you land your dream job. It's not such a dream. No, the it, dream is dead. It can be a nightmare. Mm -hmm. And this year, the ongoing saga of Activision Blizzard has shown that no matter how big or popular the brand is or how beloved their product, we have no idea what's going on inside these companies until it's way too late, yeah. like apparently decades. Mm. Uh, things were reportedly so bad within arguably the biggest gaming brand that the state of California actually filed a lawsuit on behalf of their employees for most notably sexual harassment and discrimination, but also wage discrepancies, frat boy culture, booze-soaked events that led to toxic environments, an HR department and an executive team that reportedly, at best, looked the other way, and at worst attempted to cover up what was going on. Yeah, It's just bad news all around. But it's not just Activision Blizzard. This is not an anomaly. Uh, they're not the only ones who have been exposed uh, in reports like this. Uh, Riot and Ubisoft, among others, have also made front page news over allegations from current and former employees. And when it comes to things like overwork and crunch time, it seems like you'd have a harder time finding a company that doesn't exploit their employees, whether or not they see it as an inescapable necessity in any entertainment industry. Like, they, they are the, the norm. The exception would be a gaming company that actually uh, doesn't work their employees halfway to death. Yeah, and this isn't just gaming. This yeah. is uh, in every industry, but specifically the entertainment industry. We are literally seeing the same things at the same time 
in the film industry as well. Uh, it's not isolated. It's just disappointing. And it's just like in general, like your, your vocational mobility and amount of freedom is demonstrably worse than your parents' generation yes. had it. Yes. Uh, we're making less money. Working, working longer hours. Longer hours being expected way more out of our jobs. With uh, uh, everyday uh, uh, things costing more and more, including uh, housing and healthcare yeah. and education. Cost of living has gone up. Wages, not so much. Uh, people literally fought and died for an eight-hour, five-day work week. And we just hundred years it. ago. And, uh, and now you're expected to just be able to answer a fucking email. Any hour of the day, any time your boss and sends also, you one. And also, it's a month till release day, so we're all pulling 24-hour shifts. Is a, we're a family here. It's I mean, a, obviously, I get all the money. Yeah, yeah exactly. But and, we're a family. But we are a family. Uh, so this is uh, not just industry-wide. Uh, just it's, it's a, it's it's a problem. Society-wide. Yeah. It's it's, it's, that's society. But outside of uh, all of those issues, which are long from solved, there are the more standard and, and more easily mockable problems within this industry as far as what makes it to the consumer. Uh, a lot of the same problems from last year not only continued into 2021, but also persist even to today, the end of 2021. Cyberpunk was such a buggy mess when it was released that its parent company, CD Projekt Red, was the victim of hacking. Uh, the game is uh, still an incomplete mess. Apparently it's close to being fully it's, done. It's close, <laughs> yeah. a year later. <laughs> Uh, consoles that were released over a year ago, most specifically the PlayStation 5, are about as hard to acquire as they've ever been thanks to compounding issues like a chip shortage, shipping delays, and assholes who buy up every bit of inventory that does eventually become available so that they can just resell it to desperate gamers at an outrageous markup. There was some dude on Twitter this week who uh, shared a little video, like just a 360 of his uh, Ethereum mining warehouse, mm. and... Um, yeah, it was All like those gamer cards. literally hundreds of uh, 3070 uh, yeah, GPUs. Just yeah. like this man, if I was him, I would fear for my life. Because going through the comments and the quote tweets, people are, people had their pitchforks and their torches ready. And I'm oh, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I can't blame him. Yeah. Like you, this man personally, someone, someone calculated the electricity usage of just what he showed. Well, it should be easy to find then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's all fucked up. Uh-huh. Well, EA also failed so hard with that Anthem game. Oh, was that this year? They finally killed it earlier this year. So they oh. it made it to this year, and they were like, all right, we got to come clean, everyone. We're actually not going to be supporting this game moving forward. It was an experiment, and it failed. Yeah. Uh, there are also perpetual delays uh, still on a wide variety of games that should have been out by now. Though that is obviously understandable, considering everything else that's been happening in the industry and the world. Hashtag the pandemic. Now, one positive note on that front is that uh, these days, more and more, it seems like the general consensus is that gamers are, in fact, willing to wait for a game to be released despite re repeated delays as long as it's actually released in full working order with minimal glitches. Yeah, at this point, you got enough games to tide you over yeah, just between wait. now and then. It's like when a movie, when they announce a movie or even like Elder Scrolls, like, yeah, it's going to be like six years. It's like, okay, well, in six years, it better be fucking playable. Yeah. But a good example of this would be Halo Infinite. Like, people were really upset that this wasn't going to be a launch title with the Xbox that was released last year. Don't even remember the name of that Xbox. Xbox X series? Xbox. Great subscription gaming service. Horrible naming for their actual console. Very confusing. But, uh, yeah, that was a game that was uh, delayed a very long time. Literally an entire year from the release yeah. of the console. And but it came good. Out, 
and it works. Yeah. They ha- and, you know, they don't have a co-op campaign out yet, but when they do release it, I expect it to actually be functioning because they are taking the time. You love to see it. Um, so, yeah, that that is one positive out of all this is it seems that the general consensus seems to be that people are willing to wait as long as it's good. Yeah. Good. On the other hand, though, you have things that no one ever asked for this year. Um like the introduction of those annoying, expensive, and so far demonstrably completely fucking pointless NFTs into the world of gaming. Uh, there's plenty of arguments out there regarding the viability of NFTs in gaming, and we will wait to see how all those pan out, I guess, though we don't think it will catch on in the way that many have hoped, because, <laughs> again, it's it's a solution looking for a problem. Yes. Uh and all of the use cases we've seen are things that are already entirely possible to do without the use for any blockchain. Uh, there are probably some very upset executives out there who are looking at the Steam resale marketplace and going, why'd you have to do that? You ruined our money-making opportunities for NFTs by proving that this was completely pointless. And yep. it could be done without the blockchain. Yep. Uh, what we've seen so far in the uh, blockchain gaming space is the insatiable need for major brands to drop limited edition digital collectibles into their products in order to cash in on a trend that they themselves clearly do not fully understand. <laughs> no. Pretty much every major player in the space has announced their intention to integrate NFTs into their products in some form or another in, in what we assume was just a way to get their investors off their backs. So, uh, um, hi, I, I own a billion shares. Uh, what are you going to do about NFTs? Uh, my Better grandson, be something good. My grandson says they're all the rage. Mm. Yeah, we're going to look into that. <laughs> But there's one company who decided to sacrifice themselves and what's left of their brand loyalty by being first out the gate with their NFT product and platform, Ubisoft's Quartz. Yes. And we can all but guarantee that every other major publisher in existence is closely monitoring oh, yeah. the Ubisoft situation. They, all they... the brands got together and they drew straws <laughs> and Ubisoft got the, the short straw and, and like... Right, now well. they're all in a big room somewhere watching uh, a social media feed and everything yeah. else uh, play out. But they're, 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 I'm sure that they are closely watching uh, Ubisoft navigate the minefield with their new NFT platform and product, which has debuted to general disdain, receiving enough dislikes on YouTube that the company simply delisted the promotional Always video. a great sign for... Uh, <laughs> a, new, <laughs> a new product. A new product. <laughs> but also, they did get enough support from people with cartoon profile pictures that the company might think they're onto something here. Uh, Ubisoft offered dumb items for a dead game, but in the process garnered weeks of negative, if not entirely hostile, attention in the process. And look, to be fair, as we've explained before, Ubisoft, they weren't selling these items, at least not yet. You have to earn them by completing various tasks in their amazing, award-winning game, Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Uh, now, one of the tasks involved was over 600 hours of gameplay. Oh. And we aren't sure how many people were able to successfully claim that NFT, but on the website, it simply states that the claim period has ended and not that there were no digits, as they call them, remaining. Because on the pants, it says no digits remaining. And on the helmet, the 600 hours one, it's like uh, the, the the process has ended. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Now, where Ubisoft was poised to make its money was the secondary market. They'd give out these ultra-rare, super-cool blockchain-backed collectibles for free. And then they would receive a portion of any sales on the secondary market. That's passive income, baby. Yeah. Uh, Sadly, or hilariously for Ubisoft, it seems as though no one gives a shit about these items on the secondary market. There's 
plenty of listings where collectors are trying to sell their helmets or gun skins for hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. But if you sort by what people are actually offering to pay, most items are uh, offered for less than $10, with only two that I found breaking $20 in value. That is what people are offering to pay for them. Of course, you could uh, search by what people are selling them for, and you'll be like, oh, wow, Whoa, these oh my must God. be incredibly valuable because they're, se they're not selling yeah. them. They're hosting them for sale for that much. Yeah. So whatever money Ubisoft thought that they were going to get off of a flourishing secondary market has so far been extremely minimal, uh, if not nothing. Like, surprisingly, uh, these so far what we've seen from NFTs outside of, Yes, there are digital artists that put a lot of time and effort into them. But these big brands, uh, it is a very quickly produced asset with little to no artistic value. Yeah. Uh, it is a helmet that could have appeared in the game anyway. Um, but still, even at what they're making off of this now, uh, I don't think it will pay for the design of the, uh, the items in the secondary market. No. That could change. Could be eating my words. Also, when we attack NFTs, we're not attacking... Well, the development of Web3, which a lot of people are like, they don't see the future. But uh, even Web3, like it's again, it's it's mostly so far at least solutions in search of problems. Yeah. But anyways, Ubisoft, big fucking fail so far. One of the biggest uh, non-serious uh, news failings of the video game industry this year. You love to see it. Mm hmm. Anyway, this year has also included some more standard fare ripe for mockery as games were released as unfinished buggy messes that have done irreparable harm to brands that already had deteriorating loyalty from its fans. Two games in particular stand out, but let's hit the low-hanging fruit first. Rockstar. Everyone loves Rockstar, right? Nope. They've been spitting in the face of their user base for years now, but they really, really outdid themselves when they released the highly anticipated remastered versions of their Grand Theft Auto trilogy, which was ironically labeled and marketed as the definitive edition. It's just like the Except perfect... Except no substitutes. <laughs> this is the only version of these games you'll ever need. It, that was the best joke on top of a otherwise horrific launch. Yeah. Yeah. Just demonstrably <laughs> false. Uh, so this release, it turned out, far worse than fan-made bonds that had been improving the look and feel of these games for years now and seemed to rely heavily on artificial intelligence to do a lot of the the work for them with the upscaling yeah. and whatnot. It resulted in numerous spelling mistakes and ruined jokes and just a lot of weird shit. Aside from that, it just kind of looked horrible and it played even worse in a lot of cases. So Rockstar apologized and offered the classic versions of the games alongside a promise to finish policing uh, this new trilogy till it met their standards. Hopefully never. <laughs> Hopefully they just give up. Yeah, uh, their standards or, seem to be pretty low. Or just give all these modders money that you would have given to your own guys. I think seems they can do it better than you can. Bethesda is far from perfect, but at least they mod like they allow modders to. Uh, I I don't know if they still do, but at, there was various points in time where they allowed modders to monetize their creations. Yeah. So anyway, the simple question remains: Why release it in the state that it was in at all? Mm -hmm. These came out 15 years ago. What's People the fucking can wait. rush? They can wait. Yeah. Yeah. And did no one play test this? That's yeah. I literally just play through it a couple times. There was. There were so many glaring errors yeah. and visual mistakes and uh, just bad things happening within the first day of people getting their hands on these games. Yeah, how... The rain. The riding in the rain is just like, you can't. You can't Obviously, fix that. Obviously, like yeah. if you play this for like an hour, it would have rained at some point. Yeah. So I don't know how this many glaring problems were ignored 
you have to kind of conclude that they just didn't fucking care. And this happens with like every every game that comes out. There's a day one, just people posting compilations of shit going wrong with it. It's just like they had to have <laughs> either they didn't test this game hardly they, at all, or they just don't fucking care. They had to meet the street date and they had yeah. to put something out. And they're like, look, we got look. Yeah. Work with us here. Like I know making games is hard, but it's just it's it's very insulting. <laughs> Some of you are too young to remember this, but you used to buy a game and your shit wasn't even connected to the internet. It had, had to play the, the game. game had to be finished and the, they couldn't release it with bugs. If they did, it was literally a broken game. The only thing you would ever get in addition to that game was an actual expansion. Not just yeah. like DLC, but like, hey, you like that campaign? How about 45 more minutes of a campaign? Yeah. Like that, but with a different story. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, the GTA trilogy, it could have really easily won the coveted Worst of the Year hey. award, which still exists, oddly enough. Uh, <laughs> that is, if we were to put a label on things. But it would also be a bit weird to award that honor to a remastered version of some games that are all over a decade old. If we were to give a Worst Game of the Year award, it would have to be for something new. Something so bad that it was not only dead on arrival, but also made the developers and publishers look terrible for offering it to consumers at all. It would have to, theoretically, of uh, course, theoretically. go to Battlefield 2042 from DICE and EA. Battlefield 2042 did what no one asked for and what no one wanted, and did away with so much of what has made the Battlefield franchise one of the best FPS games of a generation. It isn't just a poorly optimized, buggy mess of a game, they also removed entire aspects of that game that were beloved by fans, seemingly on purpose, as a way to punish us for mm -hmm. being bad boys and girls. Yeah. Simple things like dedicated roles that you could play outside of just aiming for a high elimination count, as well as a server browser on PC, uh, or even on consoles. That would have been cool. Uh, as well as uh, uh, consistent lobbies, and uh, I don't know, very well-designed maps, because the maps that came in this game fucking suck. It's just not fun. It's bland, and it's stupid. I returned it. I got my money back on Steam. Damn. The game, in its current state, is the worst thing that you could get from a game you were excited about. It's just boring and tedious. And the player base has dropped off so much since it launched. I, it was like a week after or two weeks after launch, Farming Simulator was beating it in like yeah. active players. Yeah. And like, look, Farming Simulator is very popular. Especially uh, among the Germans. That's what, uh, yeah, Angela Merkel, now that she's retired, is yeah. going to farm simulate full time. I now have more time to start my Twitch channel playing Farming Simulator. Yeah, but this one hurts. It's like, now I kind of get it when people are like, they shouldn't remake the Karate Kid. They should leave it the way I remember it. And that's the way I feel about the Battlefield franchise now. They should have stopped at Battlefield 3. I mean, they did kind of, well, they made Cobra Kai, which people actually love. So. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Of all the examples, you had to choose the the one uh, 80s That's what happens when you're thinking they, on the fly, They maybe. seem to have gotten correct. Well, that's the thing. So maybe Battlefield Portal, once it's working better than it is, will actually be the silver lining there. Yeah, I guess we'll see. Uh, who knows? Uh, but as it stands, the game is uh, terrible. And uh, <laughs> I'm not, I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, anyways, we've tried to cram the entirety of bad video gaming in 2021 into a few short paragraphs. And we hope that you'll see this as an attempt to give you some sort of Tugs-ish style video before the end of the year. You're welcome. Upvotes to the left. But as, <laughs> as we said, we wanted to take a more like normal break this year, so we hope you understand. Yeah. Um, you know, my, my brain and my body would really like to just check out. Yeah, for a little I'd like while. to not worry about things for a week or two. 
Although the last time we did this, they oh, we all know what happened. They stormed the Capitol. So that's why we have to do it over actual holiday break now. Because yeah. last year it was like, yeah, we're here anyway. Yeah. Let's just uh, keep working, and then we'll take January. What could happen in January? Yeah. So there's a ton of good games coming out. Yeah, there's stuff to love about gaming. Lo- like, yeah. yeah, it's it's mostly good. Yeah. Unless you start looking into the companies and <laughs> their, you know, how they hey, treat their employees. Gotta and say, that. indie games. Yeah. Doing great. Great time for indie games. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot came out this year that uh, has little to no emotional baggage on them. They're actual like playable, fun games out yeah. there. So there's something out there for everyone. Gaming, like every other industry, is going to have its problems. The best we can do as consumers is to call them out and vote with our wallets. Mm-hmm. Buy the good, avoid or refund the bad. There you go. But what was your favorite game of the year? So, uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys all have a lot of opinions. I got to go with a game that... Uh, well, two two games. Uh, one from the beginning of the year, I was like, "This is gonna be my game of the year." I was heavily addicted to it. I ended up like pretty much maxing out whatever I could do on the game, so it wasn't as fun anymore. But I sunk a lot of hours into it, and it's the simplest game that I think I've enjoyed in a long time. It's called Loop Hero. Oh yeah, I still out, haven't played that. But uh, I, I it, it came out for the Switch recently, so yeah. I'm gonna double dip and I'm gonna play it on my trip back because it's it's really really great for like a uh, kind of like a passive play style. Yeah. You can just jam Spotify or whatever, just jam some music and kind of play with it. Uh, and then outside of that, big surprise, and it sucks because of the negative news articles attached to it uh, because it comes from Activision, but I, I love the Call of Duty that came out this year. And I haven't loved a Call of Duty in a very long time. I haven't played multiplayer in the new Call of Duty, but the campaign is probably the best COD campaign since like the glory days. Real, real good. Multiplayer is great. They just uh, they just did a mode. It's like a Christmas mode uh, where it, it has happened to me, but I like jumped into a game, so I don't know exactly how you trigger it. I've seen online that it's like if your team isn't like doing the objective well enough, Krampus comes out and chases you down. Oh, shit. They're, like on the cool. screen, it's like you've been targeted by Krampus. Terrifying. Uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, look, I, I actually... <laughs> it's, I've played that game more than almost any other this year. It's, yeah. it's pretty surprising, honestly. I thought I was done with COD forever. And uh, yeah, did games. Did Hitman Three come out this year? I don't remember. I don't. I have never played it, so I played it. It was good. I love that series. Um, usually, I, you're usually a year behind on games, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I played a lot of uh, Phoenix Point this year, which I think came out in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like XCOM, if you like the XCOM series, Phoenix Point very, very fulfilling mm-hmm. on those uh, those those special needs that you have to uh, just get very frustrated by and put an insane amount of time into controlling a squad of people with guns. And yeah. uh, similarly, more recently, I've been playing Anno 1800, which came out in 2019, I think. And that one's, oh, God. If you like city management uh, <laughs> grand strategy games, this will ruin your life. It's ruined my life. Is that the one with boats? Uh, it's Yes. It's uh, you're, you. The ports? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like it's basically a uh, I'm running logistics for like a colonial empire. It's, it's extremely stressful. Uh, shit goes wrong so quickly. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, like one playthrough takes like fifty hours. Oh, and then yeah. I was enjoying New World, but that went from like my the m- most played game to absolutely pl- putting zero hours into. Yeah, I put like sixty or seventy hours into it. And it was just like, oh, they changed some stuff. I don't like this anymore. Shame. Anyways, we do have some more actual news dump style news for you coming up in just a second. But we got to take a second, pay those final year bills. Thanks to today's sponsor, starting with Masterclass. And Masterclass gives you the extra knowledge and motivation that you need to take your craft, whatever it may be, to the next level. 
And that's where Masterclass shines, because you're getting information from literally the best people in the business, from a variety of fields like cooking, music, film, animation, business, tech, and plenty more. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds, anywhere, anytime, and at your own pace. Uh, you can learn the art of DJing and music curation from Questlove. You can improve your cooking skills from Gordon Ramsay. Or, you think you're better than those companies out there, you can learn yeah. game design from people like Will Wright. With over 100 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Of course, we've checked it out a whole bunch. I've learned a bunch of cooking skills, a lot of theory of cooking and why you do things yeah, uh, on a plate. There's a lot to that that you don't uh, think about as a, uh, a home chef that comes in a lot. It, it's very important to consider when you're, when you're cooking. I also checked out some of the guitar ones because I'm like, man, I've never done music stuff. I'd really like to. But uh, I think I need to learn the basics before I get into anything on yeah, Masterclass. Yeah, it's, it's not this really, like, yeah. it's not like teaching you how to play guitar. It's yeah. more just like giving you the, the Tom Morello one, just sort of his approach to the instrument and, and by the way, they're adding up with ideas. They're adding a like lot that. of new ones and a lot more like younger focused uh, things to their platform all the yeah. time. So yeah. they're always adding new stuff. Yes, yeah, very cool platform. Mm -hmm. These cinema quality classes give you unparalleled access to literal experts and the lessons range from showing you how to execute a technique to insights about the craft. You can explore lessons in any order across your phone, tablet, Apple TV, or computer, and at just 10 to 15 minutes, you can squeeze a few lessons in here or there without setting aside an entire day. If you're interested, we definitely think that you should check it out. Get unlimited access to every masterclass, and this holiday, give one annual membership and get one free when you give. Yeah. Go to masterclass.com slash newsdump today. That is masterclass.com slash newsdump. Terms apply. Yeah, this episode is also sponsored by Upstart. When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keep you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt online with a personal loan. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash newsdump. That is upstart.com slash newsdump. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash newsdump. All right, now let's get back into the news. And while I really, really want to tell you about some very stupid NFT news, we're going to wait. God damn it. We're going to wait until the end of the video. Uh, Elliot is going to literally blow his top if I do it now. And I can't kill him before I, the end of the video. The last video is like, there, at least we'd never have to talk about <laughs> NFTs again. NFTs are done for the rest yeah. of the year, right? Nope. But uh, we will <laughs> talk about When we're gone, the NFTs are going to storm the Capitol. <laughs> yeah, I think that might <laughs> the, actually happen. The, 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 <laughs> the Board Ape Yacht Club is going to storm Congress. They're yeah. break in. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the meantime... We do have some MyPillow CEO Mike Lindell news Mike for you. Mike Lindell. And no, he didn't crack the case and provide irrefutable proof of widespread voter fraud, thus confirming and returning Donald Trump to his position as president of these United States. Uh, Lindell has, however, completed at least one of his many legal battles that he's been fighting this year. He's fighting a, a, a war on many fronts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, though this one did not go in his favor. Oh, what? Yeah. Really? And we're sure that the other, much more important legal yeah. battles that he's fighting will also fail to go in his this, favor. 
This but, man is addicted to going to court. Yeah. <laughs> but th- this one's a start, though. This one's a start. Uh, this time we're talking about the libel lawsuit that he filed against British tabloid The Daily Mail for daring to say that he was, at one point, romantically involved with 30 Rock actress Jane Krakowski, which is a, an odd thing to fight because considering every other story involving Mike Lindell, this one actually makes him look pretty cool. Yeah, she's a very funny actor. I yeah. mean, I, I lose respect for her picturing her in that situation, <laughs> but for him, it's definitely... Wait, who filed this lawsuit? Yeah, it's definitely, uh, like, good for him, bad for her. Like, yeah. She's, uh, she looks great. She's funny. She's yeah. talented. Like, uh-huh. a real catch. Yeah, it makes him look cool. A pillow salesman dated a Hollywood actress despite coming off as an overbearing weirdo who intentionally injected himself into a daunting political battlefield. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But he didn't think so. So he sued the Daily Mail for libel, and uh, we got an update on that case earlier this week. Here's The Hollywood Reporter with more on the story. Many individuals would love to read about themselves dating a Hollywood star, but not Mike Lindell. The MyPillow CEO filed suit earlier this year when the Daily Mail published a story claiming he once dated 30 Rock actress Jane Krakowski for nine months. Lindell may insist the article is untrue, but even so, a New York federal judge says it's not defamatory. On Friday, Lindell's complaint was dismissed. Lindell sued over an article that claimed he wooed Krakowski with champagne and various bottles of liquor. Lindell, represented by Charles Harder, says he's been clean and sober for over a decade, as well as a man of Christian faith. Not sure what that is. I have no idea what the Christian faith thing has to do with it. As U.S. District Court Judge Paul Crotty puts it, Lindell essentially alleges the article, quote, disparaged his moral character. That's arguable, but what Lindell needed to carry his lawsuit was a false statement exposing him to public hatred. The judge has trouble finding defamatory meaning in a gossipy story about a monogamous Hollywood romance. (laughs) Quote, even assuming the romance never happened, the above description would not defame Lindell, writes Crotty. Dating an actress, secret or not, would not cause public hatred, shame, ridicule, or any similar feeling towards Lindell. Both Lindell and Krakowski are unmarried adults, and Lindell's alleged actions typify those of a person in a consenting relationship. Yeah, as, as any, if anyone was uh, should have sued over this, it should have been her. Yeah, she's just like, this guy is, is causing problems all over the country. Yeah. This guy's trying to ruin uh, our, our democratic process, and you're tying me together yeah. with him? I don't know this man. Yeah, that like, she would have maybe had a case. Yeah. But for him, it's like, oh, cool, you dated the chick from 30 Rock? Pretty cool. Yeah. But he's like, no, nah, I'm Christian. Those crazy uh, Hollywood women you think I'd be tied down with one of these it ruins my moral character buddy your character's been ruined I do I I still oh, have, hoisted by your own petard I still have a lot of questions about how like what made the Daily Mail say this because it's like obviously the Daily Mail is like a trash fucking rag yeah, uh, but like I still don't think they would just flat out lie like just completely like make it about a yeah, nothing like, like it had so, to be in like so a how source did, yeah. how did they get this wrong and how wrong was it? Yeah. Yeah. Very and, and if they left out the part about champagne and liquor, would it have been a problem? Because it seems yeah. like it still would have. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, the writer uh, put it in the in the article. Uh, the headline is, Secretly Dating an Actress? A federal judge doesn't see anything defamatory about that. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. There you go. Anyways, now we can talk about NFTs. Oh! And just this week, we thought maybe maybe we'd reached the pinnacle of stupid NFT drops that benefit people that you really don't want money going to. Uh, You know, Stan Lee, uh, his estate, allowed him to rise from the grave in order to tweet about his exclusive NFT drop that is 
not going to benefit him. It's going to benefit someone else. Not even his estate. Yeah. Just a fucking holding company <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that exactly. owns his uh, name and likeness. Yeah, or Bob Ross Inc., who partnered with Funko to release a Bob Ross NFT with his family continuing to not see any money from Bob Ross merchandise, including this NFT. Just pissing on graves left and right. Well, step aside, dead folks. <laughs> Very alive, Melania Trump has entered the NFT universe and is debuting exclusive digital blockchain-backed watercolor paintings of her eyes. Here's ABC News with more on this incredible endeavor. In exchange for a cryptocurrency token, you can own a digital watercolor painting of Melania Trump's eyes. The former first lady launched a venture this week selling NFTs or non-fungible tokens on her website in exchange for a Solana token currently valued around $180 each. Melania Trump will release NFTs in regular intervals on her website, according to a news release, with a portion of the proceeds going to foster children. It's unclear what percentage of the proceeds will be donated or whether the donations will be given to specific foster child-related charities. An email inquiry about how the donations would be structured were not answered by Melania Trump's press contact. Aaron Dorfman, the president and CEO of the National Committee for Responsive Philanthropy, says when a company says a portion of the proceeds will go to a charity without indicating specifically what amount, it's a huge red flag. Quote, it means the charity is not a serious part of their plan, Dorfman said. It's a marketing ploy. And uh, yeah, we'll just add here that if the Trumps are indeed billionaires, as they claim to be, it does come off as a little bit egregious to launch a profit-driven venture like this under the guise of charity, especially when it's only a portion of the sale, yeah, possibly like unnamed, 1%. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe even less. Uh, they do have a pretty long track record of doing these exact types of things, though. So Yes, look into every Trump charity throughout time. Yeah. yeah. Trump himself, though, I don't see him becoming an NFT guy just because he... No, it seems like a bad deal. Like, it's, see, of, of all the things I disagree with Trump on, I, I feel like he's probably, he probably thinks crypto is a fucking scam. Uh, some Melania's into this. She did Avon, and then yeah. now she's on the NFTs. Trust me. I know scams. Yeah. You can't scam a scammer. Yeah, exactly. It's much like Avon. NFTs are a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's fine. Uh, in other blockchain news, ah. it appears as though Kickstarter has looked at the public reception that companies like Discord... Ubisoft and McDonald's got when announcing their crypto plans and said, fuck it, let's do some crypto shit anyway. Deal me in. <laughs> <laughs> the crowdfunding platform recently announced their plans to integrate themselves into the future of currency, much to the dismay of their users and supporters. And apparently they are going full blockchain. Full blockchain. Here's more from Gizmodo. In a blog post by CEO Aziz Hassan and co-founder Perry Chen on Thursday, the crowdfunding platform announced that its commitment to a more open, collaborative, and decentralized future via blockchain, the technology behind cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. The first step will be establishing an independent organization that will oversee the development of an open source, blockchain-based system that more or less works the way Kickstarter already does. When it's complete, Kickstarter will switch to it. This protocol will eventually be available to anyone, Kickstarter said, including upstarts trying to compete with it. Quote, as a first step, we're supporting the development of an open source protocol that will essentially create a decentralized version of Kickstarter's core functionality, Hassan and Chen wrote in the post. This will live on a public blockchain and be available for collaborators, independent contributors, and even Kickstarter competitors from all over the world to build upon, connect, or use. We think bringing all that we've learned about crowdfunding since 2009 to inform the development of a decentralized protocol will open up exciting new opportunities for creative projects to come to life. I mean, it's like, I don't know. I need to know more about how this works. It's like, it's again, it's one of those blockchain things where I'm like, all right, I'm, right, you've piqued my interest. Yeah, like, but, how are you going to do it? But how is this better 
than what you already have. Because when I first saw the headlines, I was like, okay, well, like, sure. I mean, accepting, like, I thought initially they were just going to be like, oh, if you want to back a project with like Solana yeah, or that's one thing, but it sounds, Bitcoin or something, no, they're like literally an moving. An actual like full system, like a decentralized finance. It's going to run but, specifically but for, on that. For donations, like, yeah, that's actually a pretty interesting use case for crypto, I will admit. But, yeah, that would be interesting. But I would like yeah. to hear more because uh, this, uh, like everything else, this runs the risk of just doing something that can just as easily be done in Web 2.0, yeah. but in a much more wasteful way. Yeah. But yeah, the reaction to this news has been, uh, as you probably could have guessed, overwhelmingly negative. So much so, the Kickstarter had to just start firing off tweets to defend itself while refusing to back down. It's crazy frog all over again. <laughs> like this reply if you are in danger. <laughs> uh, we know our community has a lot of questions about this new direction, including how it will benefit creators and how we'll stay true to our environmental commitments. We are listening. We've started an FAQ with what we've been asked the most. The bottom line, we're doing this because we believe it will benefit creators and exponentially expand our ability to help bring creative projects to life. We can't do this alone, and we're planning more ways to make sure your voices are heard. And like Elliot said, I mean, we're, we're very interested to see how forcing the blockchain into their business model will have a positive effect on getting more funding for board games and film projects. Yeah. Uh, but uh, look, we've been wrong. This could be, uh, it, it's certainly more interesting than putting a, uh, a picture of an ape online and selling it yeah. for $10,000. Yeah, it has potential, but yeah. also like every, also, like, like decentralized finance stuff, like there's a lot of pros. There's just as many, if not more cons to it, where you look at it and you're like, I think I'll just stick with what I know. Yeah. Like the, I, I, the banks are, no, no, I'm no fan of the banks, yeah. <laughs> but at least like, look, I did my part back when, uh, what was it? Uh, 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 Occupy Wall Street happened. I did my my citizen duty and I walked down because I was at a big bank because I was a young person. Yeah. I walked down to Bank of America and I said, nay, give me all of my money, close my accounts, and I went and got a, a credit union. Yeah, you should join a credit union. Yeah. Um, I did my part. Yeah. The, the big banks suck, You, but there are independent banks that uh, are just as good. At if not most, better. At, at, if not better. Especially when it comes to... Uh, doing anything that you would do outside of like writing a check or using a debit card. There's yeah. lots of things that banks do that you might not take advantage of yet, but you will. And credit unions will almost certainly give you a better deal yeah. on any of that. Yeah. Homes, cars, personal, all that stuff. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, also, uh, related to NFTs, but not really, uh, the next South Park movie is already out. Uh, so the second one, it's- uh, Paramount Plus? Yeah, it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, not spoiling too much here because it's already in the headlines and it's, look, the mo the movie's great anyway, you'll watch it anyway, but uh, Butters is, a, they're all older, as you already know if you've watched mm. the first one. Wait, what? Uh, it's in the future where they're all old. Uh, Butters uh, is locked in an insane asylum. Turns out that uh, he's in there because he uh, he's in this villain arc. Uh, he became a villain by decimating people's uh, fortunes and uh, ruining their lives financially by selling them NFTs. Ooh. Uh, so he Ooh, I like that. he breaks out and continues to try to sell NFTs to people. It's fucking hilarious. Like gone, all of my savings is gone. But I have this cool panda on a skateboard. I love this. Yeah, it's too bad it's on a streaming service most people don't have because this could single-handedly deal like it's crushing, very influential, a crushing yes. blow. Yeah, to it, this it, bullshit. It does not hold back in how dumb uh, NFTs are. That's good. Uh, that would be heartbreaking if Matt and Trey 
Like, oh, we have South Park NFTs Because, like, they, they do share a lot of traits with uh, your typical NFT bros. Namely, they are uh, more wealthy than anyone really ever needs to be. And tend to so, lean libertarian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it could have gone either way. But I love so. I've loved both of these specials are fantastic. They both have great takes on you know wh- whatever political line you follow, they're gonna make fun of the other thing, and you're gonna be like, I like that, but I don't like that, or like yeah. anything like that. It's really really funny, um, and they're great movies. Like they're this one has a definite like uh, the the first two definitely feel like Avengers Endgame and Infinity War mm. in the South Park universe because there's so many like intertwining things that come back and work together and stuff. It's Fantastic. But well, maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll fire up a Paramount Plus trial over Christmas. Maybe you should gift yourself a, a trial for Christmas. Maybe. Uh, also, if you want to check out trailers, that we haven't done trailers on this channel in, a, in a, quite a while because we can't really show any footage of them, but I can suggest two that I think you should go watch. Uh, there's a trailer for the new Daniels movie, the guys that made Swiss Army Man. Oh, shit. Uh, it looks great. It's coming from A24. And also uh, the trailer for that Nicolas Cage movie that's about Nicolas Cage yeah. is out. Uh, I'll throw links to those in the description below. But both of them look incredible. So yeah. uh, as far as movies go, lots to look forward movies to in 2022. Yeah. 2022. I almost forgot what year it's going to be because we've been trapped in time purgatory for fucking two years. It's still 2016. Speaking of time purgatory, uh, it is actually the end of the year, if you can believe it. And so, as we said before, we are going to be taking a break for the holidays. Uh, We'll be back in the beginning of January, although, as we said before, we have to move studios again. So that's going to be... Hopefully for the last time for a while, (laughs) because I'm getting real tired of this shit. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But having said that, we do have another episode of Weekly Weird News coming up, and then we'll have one episode going up uh, over the break next week sometime. Just a real, just uh, flush the year down the toilet, and uh, and look, or look watch at, it go. Look at yeah, watch it go down the drain. Um, so yeah, there's there, we're gonna have a little bit more uh, for you for the end of the year, but we hope that you uh, take some time for yourself as well. Enjoy uh, the holidays if you can, or if you celebrate, or even if you don't like Elliot, just sit somewhere. I celebrate Christmas. Nah, you don't. I don't think so. No, I do. Nah, I don't think so. I do in my own special way. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> do whatever you want. It's your time. And uh, if you haven't already, please watch. I know it's a lot of NFT shit. This week was like, it's like every company had to get their NFT bullshit out by the end of the year. So yes, there are a lot of NFT stories in our other videos from this week, but check them out. Here's one, here's the other. Watch both of those, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you soon for Weekly Weird News. And if we don't see you, have a great uh, holiday break. Bye-bye.